Welcome to Category Visionaries, the show dedicated to exploring exciting visions for the future from the founders who are on the front lines building it. In each episode, we'll speak with a visionary founder who's building a new category or reimagining an existing one. We'll learn about the problem they solve, how their technology works, and unpack their vision for the future. I'm your host, Brett Stapper, CEO of Frontlines Media. Now let's dive right into today's episode. Hey, everyone, and thanks for listening. Today, I'm speaking with Nikolai Umquist, CEO and founder of Arkin, a Copenhagen-based startup that recently raised more than 3 million euros in funding. Nikolai, thanks for chatting with me today. Yeah, thank you very much for inviting me, Brad. Yeah, of course. So before we begin talking about what you're building, let's start with a quick summary of who you are and a bit more about your background. Yeah, well, I'm Nikolai Umquist, CEO of Arkin. I've always been super interested in the tech world and uh, been building innovative concepts and companies that really makes a difference for the people using the products that we have been developing, the many past companies I've been through. After I finished my engineering studies, I kind of started a creative digital agency that was acquired in 2015 due to our very creative and innovative edge. Part of that was actually to spin out a few startups where one of them was also acquired. And I actually believe that that's also a San Francisco-based company called Atlassian that bought one of these companies that we did called the Bitbucket that a lot of developers are using today for co-collaboration things. After that, I joined a startup that was set up to have people earn rewards for playing mobile games. And we did games with uh, different famous actors like uh, Mr. Bean. It was pretty much a roller coaster ride through five years where we did a lot of pivots. Uh, we raised a lot of money. We had a lot of ups and downs, and it ended for me in uh, June 2021, where you could say that it's been a very exciting but also rough trip uh, that gave me a lot of uh, startup uh, battle scars along the way. Then in September, I ran into the guys, uh, Rune, John, and Martin, who had founded Arkin, that is a company incubated through Trifold Labs. And after six months, I joined Arkin as the CEO and late co-founder to help them scale the company. The guys here has been working within this space around enterprise software, SAP, and design thinking for mobile, and done projects for very big enterprises, like, for example, the wind turbine producer Vestas, where they, for example, did a case that was featured by Apple and is still present on the Apple website today. So there was a very strong team in place that was a super interesting product, and there was also an organization with Trifolk in the back end that is a thousand people IT consultancy across Europe. So it was a very unique opportunity for me that I simply couldn't say no to. So yeah, I decided to jump on the ship and continue this adventure with the guys. Amazing. And in simple terms, how do you describe what the company does? Yeah, well, Arkin is a SaaS product company on a mission to make it very easy for all employees within enterprise companies to use enterprise software like SAP. SAP is an amazing and powerful enterprise software that can do a lot of great things, but it's also made for back-end or back-office users and not really for the employees who are in the field or on the factory floor. That creates a lot of friction in the daily work because these people are not necessarily experts in using this software. And that means that they are losing a lot of data because people are not filling in the right data. That creates a lot of inefficient work processes because the user experience is simply not suited for the work environment and you know, say what they actually do within their work at all. What we do is that we're trying to help these companies become much more efficient, save time and get better data quality through user inputs. And by that also creating a lot of happier employees because we're removing a lot of this friction that they are exposed to in their daily work life. 
And what we have done is that we have built a best-in-class app suite consisting of iOS apps, some specific tools that these people use. And then we have also created a platform that enables us to integrate extremely fast with SAP and also deliver extremely high performance in data synchronization. And all of that together creates a very unique experience for these people that makes their lives much easier. And by that, it creates a lot of different business values that will save companies a lot of money and become much more efficient in the end. So that's what we're doing here at Akim. Got it. And I think you just touched on it there, but who are these ideal customers and what's the pitch to them? It sounds like it's, you know, saves them money and increases efficiency, but you know, what else outside of that are you trying to pitch to these people and you know, what's making them buy and, and want to use your product? Right now we are targeting customers within enterprises working within manufacturing and transportation that is using SAP for different types of uh, work processes. And that could be, for example, within maintenance where there could be a large department of field service technicians, or it could be maintenance managers, project managers, and uh, these uh, sorts of things. You know, a lot of these people are working under conditions where a laptop is not really ideal to perform their work. So imagine that you're standing on the top of a wind turbine, then pulling up a laptop. It's not as easy as pulling up your phone and use that as a tool. Then at the same time, it's also a matter of getting access to the right information at the right time on your specific location. So that could, for example, be to enable you to very easily get access to the maintenance history. So things has been done in the past. Maintenance has been done at this specific wind turbine. You can then see, okay, last time this guy, he did this, this, and that when this thing was broken. Okay, that will save me a lot of time and it will improve a lot of the first-time fix rates it will make it much more efficient. And by the end of the day, it can actually save businesses hundreds of thousands of hours if the workforce is, is big enough. And that's like, you know, real value that is created through that and mm-hmm. time that we used on, on a lot of other things. But besides that, there's also the fact about data quality because the data that you have is not better than the data that is inserted into your ERP system like SAP. And that means if people cannot actually figure out how to insert the data into the system, well, then you either get no data or wrong data. That means that you can then imagine that you want to do a lot of cool artificial intelligence on top of this. But if the data is wrong, it doesn't really matter. You will get a shitty output in in the end. So by having tools that create a lot better user experience, that is easy to use, that is easy to report through and all that, you will also get a much better data quality that will then reveal a lot of hidden insights that you haven't seen before that mm-hmm. can, again, help you save a lot of money and make you more efficient as a company. So that's what we're trying to do. And that's also why companies are buying from us. Got it. And are those customers always in Europe? Is it in North America? Or what does that look like? So far, it's mostly been European businesses that we work with. And it will probably be like that uh, for some time still. But no doubt about it, the U.S. market in North America is interesting for us as well as companies across Asia and uh, Australia and New Zealand as well. So we're looking right now to do more in Europe. And then at some point, hopefully already end of next year, we will start looking into other territories, maybe even before. It depends a little bit about what kind of inbound traffic we will get from uh, <laughs> from this. From this podcast? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just joking, of course. And um, in terms of your long-term focus, is it always going to be on built on SAP or would it eventually expand outside of that? Yeah, in, in the future, we hope to be able to also deliver these solutions across other ERP systems like uh, Salesforce, Oracle, and, uh, and such. 
But for now, we've chosen to stick to the biggest one in the market, SAP. And the, the market is extremely big just within that alone. They have more than 400,000 customers globally. And I don't know how many users, but a lot, actually. So the market itself within the SAP space is so big that it's fine for us for now to stick within that. And that's also why we have chosen to also stick with the iOS platform and not try to spread over a lot of different platforms like web and Android and such, and just focus on building the best possible tool within that platform, because these workers are giving a device anyhow. So it's kind of like a tool that they're giving where we are providing the software and Apple is providing the hardware within this. And that's our focus currently. We will look at uh, expanding into other ERP systems. We will expand our current app suite right now with more products in the future. But right now, we stick to what we have and then become the best within that. Makes a lot of sense. And I like the focus. I feel like SAP is one of those companies that you know, the average consumer probably has no clue you know, who they are and what they do, but they really do seem to like power the world behind the scenes. Yeah, definitely. And they are super, super big. But they also create a lot of friction within the companies. And I think for myself, when I kind of got deeper into this space, I was very surprised about how way behind a lot of the companies are in their digital transformation compared to the consumer markets. You will still see uh, paper phones floating around inside businesses. You still see very inefficient work processes where maintenance managers, for example, they cannot even report their KPIs because they know their data is wrong because their workforce is not filling the right data because it's too complex for them to do it. They're trying to build solutions themselves. They're failing. They might have gone with a mobile solution in the past and tried that, but then they run into major performance issues. And that's another thing that we're also seeing in the market is that companies saying, well, we have a solution in place today. But by the way, every time people actually try to do anything within the app, then they need to wait for two minutes in order for the app to, to sync with the right data. You know, that's not a way to work. You need to do it instantly. And it needs to be real time, these, uh, these things. So that's another thing that we've been really focused on is to building a, a platform that enables us to do a real-time synchronization of data so that you get a, an extremely fast and seamless use experience with these products. Makes sense. And why do you think that is that you know, your customers tend to be a little bit you know, behind the curve when it comes to digital transformation? Are they you know, scared of technology, replacing them eventually? Have they just had horrible experiences in the past that makes them resistant to new technology? Why do you think that is that they're you know, content with just using paper forms instead mm -hmm. of you know, digital, for example? Yeah, I'm sure a lot of them actually really want to do this. But the thing is that they get stuck with these very big enterprise software solutions and they cannot just change it. If they pull out of this, the whole thing will collapse underneath them. So they're stuck with SAP. SAP is, again, a very a unique tool. It's, it's super great for a lot of things, but it's also extremely complex to build things on top. And you've seen stories with IT providers who've not really you know, known that much about SAP. They then try to build solutions on top based on a tender, and then they end up close to a bankruptcy because they are running so much over on the hours spent on producing products for SAP because they simply underestimated the complexity in this software. So it's not just a walk in the park, and that's also the things that is happening within this space right now. We have a major transition happening from the old version of SAP into the new version that is called S4HANA. It's a multi-million dollar project just doing this transformation 
that, you know, from a consumer side, you would think like, okay, can it cost anything to upgrade from my Windows 7 to Windows 10, for example, and will anything happen? Well, it's not the same thing within the enterprise space. And that means that a lot of companies are not preparing for this shift that is extremely costly and extremely complex. And that also means that a lot of them will have feature stops on their roadmap for maybe a year or even more before they have been through this this transition. Luckily, we can shift from the old version to the new version. So even though they go with us now and then do the shift later, it will not impact the solution that we're implementing. But it's just to say that it's not an easy move that the, these companies are <laughs> and need to go through right now. So yeah, that's the reason. So I think the answer to it is like, they really want to do these things. They really want to make solutions for the employees so they're happy. But it's just not easy to do it once you have some of these very big complex systems laying underneath. Yeah, and it sounds like the stakes are quite high, right? <laughs> Entire company collapses if you get it wrong. So it makes sense that they'd be a little bit scared of technology or adopting technology. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And what about market categories? How are you thinking about you know, your market category? Is this one that you're you know, breaking into and you're going to disrupt and transform? Or is this going to be you know, a totally new market category that you create and you eventually dominate? Well, you can say there are competitors in the market that is already doing kind of similar stuff that we are. So we're not defining a completely new category at all. But we had a customer who recently actually mentioned that it looks like the competitors to Arkin are kind of stuck in the past where Arkin is building the future within this space. So I think there is an opportunity for us within this market to do it differently than a lot of the other ones who are there and have been there for some years now. Some of them maybe, I can't remember, maybe 10 years. So where we're looking at technology in a whole other way and we're trying to tap into a very well-defined and very well-known ecosystem from Apple looking at, say, these things around what is it that creates a very good user experience? Is it to fill in all the features that you can think of? We don't believe in that. We believe in creating the right tool for the right role within the Mm -hmm. uh, company and then make it extremely performant and very easy to use. So instead of you needing to go on a three months IT course in order to understand how to use this tool, then you will be giving a device in your hand. It could be an iPad, it could be an iPhone. In the future, maybe it could be an Apple Watch app or an Apple CarPlay app or on your MacBook. And then get a few hints from your coworker, and then you will be up and running in a couple of hours. It needs to be as easy as that for you as an employee to do these kind of things. And that's what we're trying to do with this instead of, you know, being everywhere and, and then end up with a half-baked product that no one really fans anyhow. Then rather trying to stick to simplicity and then make tools that, that fits uh, the employees and the, the work that it needs to do uh, very well and then focus on the performance as well there. Got it. And what is the term? What is the current market category called? Good question. Well, it's ERP software that we are in. So enterprise mm-hmm. software. Yeah. And then we are building mobile solutions for, for that. Got it. Okay. So very, very vague then. <laughs> ERP is such a vague term, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Makes sense. Perfect. Okay. And how much traction have you guys seen so far? And uh, when did you launch exactly? Yeah, we launched the company in in February 2020. Very few people at that time spent the first two years, has been spent on pretty much prioritizing the next generation of the apps that the original founders has, has done over and over again over the past 20 years, more or less. And during this time, we have also acquired the first customers 
have delivered some very good solutions for those as part of our product suite. And we now have uh, roughly 5,000 users who are using our digital tools daily. And I'm very, very happy about this. For them, it's been a game changer and makes their lives much, much easier. Sometimes we have some of them that we've included into customer calls and where they're explaining how they work with, the, with these tools and what kind of differences this is made for them. So it's uh, we have some ambassadors today who are super, super happy about this. And it's nice to see that we have 5,000 people actually using this today. Wow. Congratulations. That's really amazing. Yeah, thank you. And uh, as you said in the intro, we raised the seed of around $4 million mm-hmm. at the beginning of April. And right now we're running towards uh, the first million in AR uh, that we hope to reach in this year. Wow. And what do you think got the investors so excited about this opportunity? And yeah, what personally excites you about this opportunity? Definitely, it's about that it creates a difference for the people who are using it. It creates a lot of value for the companies. And when you look at the business value it creates, then it seems like kind of a slam dunk (laughs) to go into a project like this because there is so much value to be created with a very high return on investment for the businesses. It's also been with the past and then, say, the whole ecosystem network that we are part of with with Trifork in, in the background the experience that the team has here as well, and some of the custom projects that has been done in the past with all the learnings that we can take from that into this company. We're now running fast to expand into Europe and acquiring customers there and have some pretty exciting, very big partnerships, hopefully coming up very soon (laughs) that I can't announce in this call, but hopefully we can have an announcement somehow around some of it later this year. So I think there is a quite good chance that we can start seeing a pretty good opportunity for growth within this business Mm -hmm. and also the acquisition of some quite big companies coming up. Amazing. And what do you think the company will look like five years from today? You know, what is that kind of big picture vision? I think we touched base on this earlier on this talk, but looking at the frustration that is among employees working within big enterprises and also the ERP market size, well, I definitely believe that we will see Arkin to become a unicorn sometime in the future. If it's going to happen within the next five years, I'm not sure. Maybe it will be a little bit longer, but I think that's definitely possible. And obviously, our future plans is to being able to deliver this across multiple ERP systems, also to deliver it, say, within more types of uh, enterprises than what we're currently focusing on, and then also build uh, more specific apps for the different work processes within our app suite. But again, right now, we're sticking to a very narrow focus. We want to become the absolute best uh, delivering products within manufacturing within transportation for enterprises using SAP and iOS. That is our main focus right now. But obviously, as we grow, as we are able to set down different types of product teams in the company, well, then obviously we can start looking at expanding into uh, multiple platforms. So that is what what I think it will look like at that time. Amazing. Well, unfortunately, that's all we're going to have time for today. So before we wrap, if people want to follow along with your journey here, where's the best place for them to go? Well, definitely LinkedIn. And follow Arkin there. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, com slash company slash Arkin, I believe. Otherwise, you can find us there. And then obviously also follow us on our website. We also have a blog there that people can follow. So uh, that's Arkin.io. Amazing. Well, thanks again. And good luck in executing on this vision. Thank you very much, Brian.